Now, some yeah. people have gotten really good at doing the wrong thing, and you know they, they sell a lot of homes. However, they're also leaving a lot on the table doing it the way they do. Well, one of yeah. the things we point out in the book, it's not how much business you do, it's how you do your business. What's up, everybody? My name's Mike Shogren here with my co-host, Emmanuel Pani. We're part of a group of specialized real estate investors you've probably never heard of. We didn't start with deep pockets or wealthy families, and we don't rely on 401ks, mutual funds, or traditional real estate investing. In fact, many of us don't even own the properties that fund our freedom. If you ask the money experts out there, they'd say what we do is impossible, yet it's happening every single day. It's happening through a new niche called short-term rentals. We are Short-Term Rental Nation, and these are our secrets. Hey, STR Nation, before we get into this week's episode, first, I just want to say Happy New Year. I am ex so excited for 2023 and the opportunities that we're going to have in this industry this year. And as being a loyal listener of the show, I wanted to give you a gift to make sure that you start 2023 off on the right foot. And that gift is a training that I gave at the STR Wealth Conference last year that outlines my three secret steps to success when it comes to goal setting and more importantly, goal achievement. Because the numbers show that more than 80% of people fall off their New Year's resolutions by February. And then those numbers continue to trail off after that. And I don't want that to happen to you. So I'm gonna give you this about 35 minute training completely free. I highly encourage you to go check it out. It will make a massive difference to you and your business this year. And you can get that for free at strsecrets.com slash keynote. And again, thank you so much for being a loyal listener. Now let's get back to the show. All right, what's going on, STR Nation? Welcome back to another episode of the Short-Term Rental Secrets Podcast. I am your host, Mike Shogren, here with my main man and brother from another mother, Mr. Emmanuel Pani. What's going on, E? My brother, so good to see you. I am deeply excited for our show today. I am kind of fangirling a little bit, and, and you guys will get to know why shortly, but... Man, life is good. We're already in the plans for like, you know, the 2023, 2022 review and just going through everything with the team. And, and you know, as, as always, life, you have plans and then life happens and, and just going through the year and just looking at everything and just being grateful for the stuff that we did accomplish and just kind of setting the tone as to who do we need next year in order to accomplish more and what do we not do well this year that we should have done, could have done better, you know? But overall, we're just happy. And then South Florida, this time of the year, I don't think there's a better place in the country to be in. The weather is wonderful and it's just 81 and sunny and it's just like, I have no complaints. And again, so stoked for the show today. So I know you love but, to rub it in up here in Boston when it's freaking freezing out and I we mean, got snow now. Have, have a lot of culture and, and other cool things up there yeah. that we don't have as much of down in South Florida. But we have Kristen to move down yeah. there. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So <laughs> that's the plan. That's the plan. Yeah, man, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I've got some other updates on the hotel that we're working on. Had to extend it another week, but should close on that bad boy a couple of days before Christmas. Um, so that's been that's months nice in the making, but you know. Yeah, super yeah. pumped for that. Yeah, so excited for you guys. Without further ado, because I want to get into today's guest, because we've got two just legends and badasses that we've got for guests on the show today. So first up, we've got Mr. Chris Voss. He served as the lead international kidnapping negotiator for the FBI. You guys all know his book, uh, Never Split the Difference. It's one of our top five recommended books across the board for business and for real estate. It sold millions of copies around the world. And after 24 years with the Bureau, he founded the Black Swan Group to help realtors and companies and individuals take their negotiation skills to the next level. And we also have Mr. Steve Schull, who has a hell of a background, former linebacker for the Miami Dolphins. And when an injury forced him to change his game, literally, he pivoted into finance and then real estate and found his calling when he started coaching other agents. 23 years later, he read the book, Never Split the Difference, tossed out his playbook, and redesigned his whole program from scratch. So mm. gentlemen, thank you so much for being here and welcome to the show. Thank you Thanks. very much for having us. Yeah, it's a pleasure to be on. Thanks guys. Absolutely, absolutely. Steve, so, is, even, Steve is even cooler than that resume lets on. He leaves, he leaves a few things out. Yeah, well, that's, I wanted to get into that because I started listening to some more podcasts you guys are doing and I'm like, damn, like Steve's got a hell of a background, man. It's like you've yeah, lived yeah. like four lives already. It's, it's greatest. Crazy. I think you're Steve, your greatest. Because <laughs> <laughs> you ran so fast. 
So See, why don't we just accomplishment start... is uh, getting that Russian woman to marry you, right? She's got a Russian you go. one. Now, that's an accomplishment. <laughs> I love that. I love that. So what I'd love to do is just real quick, kind of like two minutes. Steve, why don't you kind of give us the rundown on, on your background and some of your journey, then we'll kick it over to Chris. And then I want to figure out how you guys ended up working together to put out this new book, The Full Fee Agent, which we'll be getting into today. But Steve, give us a little more context, man, because again, I feel like there's a lot of gems in your background to get you to this point. Well, grew up in Bucks County, Pennsylvania, and played football, basketball, baseball. I was in the sports my whole life. My mom wanted me to play piano, and uh, I took a different course. Anyway, I ended up getting a one scholarship offer uh, to the College of William & Mary. That's why I ended up at the College of William & Mary. From there... I was not drafted in the NFL. I made it. I was a free, you know, free agent. Went down the training camp. Really had no chance of making the team. However, things lined up in a certain way. Ended up uh, playing four years with the Dolphins. Was uh, one of the tri captains in Super Bowl Seventeen. That was a, you know, great and unique experience. Like many others, suffered a knee injury. Ended my career. Went back on an MBA at the university of Miami, ended up working on Wall Street, Solomon Brothers, right at the epicenter of the financial world. Did that for about five years, and then some things happened in life. I ended up uh, moving out to California and got into real estate. Uh, someone had turned me on to an interview of two young agents in Long Beach, California that were selling over 100 homes in their second year. And I listened in, got it, got into real estate. My first year closed 53 uh, transactions, was on track to do 100 sales in my second year and came up with the idea of uh, real estate coaching. Uh, I'm actually the guy who invented coaching. I don't think it existed before me. Did that for a long period of time, opened up a real estate brokerage in 2017 and did that for about five years. And then, uh, as you mentioned earlier, read the book, Never Split the Difference, and that was a life changer. I reached out to Chris after reading that book and said, what you wrote there applies 100% to real estate. And we've been working together since and just wrote the book, which was about two years in the making. I love that. Love that. Well, congrats on all of that success and all those different transitions and the fact uh year one closing 53 deals. I mean, I feel like that's more than most agents that's, would close. That's a big deal. That's, that's how 1% like. kind of move as a, as an agent, like there's not a lot of people that can do that, but I mean, it, it's clear that just seeing your story is just kind of like, you have this very nonchalant way of being like, I'm just going to walk up and see what happens. And then you just, you just show up and you're like, okay, cool. Yeah, I can do this. And you just like, because I don't know a lot of people that just do that NFL you're like, yeah, I can be a real estate agent. There's a lot of people that like used to be NFL players that maybe want to get into real estate, but not a lot of people make it to ever selling 53 homes in their entire real estate career, you know? And so then you, you read Never Split the Difference, then you emailed Chris. I actually talked to his son, Brandon, oh. and we had a good conversation. He said, all right, let me, let me get Chris on the line. And Chris joined on and we, we had a conversation. And from there, we, uh, we put together an eight-week, negotiation course and and we've been working together ever since I, the the things that, that that chris came up with the methodology the whole idea of tactical empathy it is absolutely life-changing in terms of how people do business mm -hmm. I mean, this is a radical departure this is not you know when, when i read the book i literally had to throw everything out i was the guy who was trying to get to take emotion out of the equation, get emotion out of the equation, make it all about fact, logic, and reason. Mm -hmm. and I, I, I've written thousands of scripts and they're all written the same way to lead people to a logical, inescapable conclusion. Yeah. And I don't know how it happened in reading the book or where, if, or if it was even in the book, but the light bulb went off that, you can't overcome emotion with fact, logic, and reason. And when you hear the truth, the truth is the truth. Yeah. So I just did a 180 shift in that moment. And now 
you know, with the book, with the work we've been doing with the book, I, the, the entire real estate industry is built upon a false premise. And that is people win or lose business based on their presentation and to a lesser degree, their commission. And it's simply not true. Mm -hmm. And so you've got a whole industry out there thinking that they get business by doing certain things that just aren't true. Now, some yes. people have gotten really good at doing the wrong thing and, you know, they, they sell a lot of homes. However, they're also leaving a lot on the table doing it the way they do. Well, one yeah. of the things we point out in the book, it's not how much business you do, it's how you do your business. And what we've written is a very different way of how. Yeah, I love that. We're definitely going to get into that. I love that whole concept of the favorite of the fool. I was like, oh, damn, how many times have I been the fool? especially when I was getting started. So I definitely want to dig into that. So Chris, why don't, why don't you give us uh, your background or a little more depth? Because again, you you had a lot of different trajectories too, going from like the police and then moving over and kind of working your way through the bureau. And then all of a sudden you're negotiating with like insanely okay. stressful situations. Like I can't even fathom those situations. Well, you know, yeah, I was cop, FBI agent, worked there as a hostage negotiator. Lead international kidnapping negotiators. And I, it's a lot. I grew up in a small town in Iowa. A few years ago, I did an interview for my hometown newspaper. And they're like, how do you go from Mount Pleasant, Iowa, to New York City, Joint Terrace Path? And I said, uh, you go up to I-80 and you make a right. <laughs> <laughs> like, hell, I don't know. This is yeah. one thing after another. But I've always followed the stuff that I was really interested in, both interested in and it was fun to do and challenging and, and help me learn and grow. And I was, I, you know, I, I didn't realize that I've, I've always been very independent. You know, I now describe myself as in the FBI, loose cannon that always hit the tarp. Mm -hmm. And, but that means like, you know, let's figure it out. Let's, let's figure out what works in the moment, you know, mm -hmm. uh, get a good process. Don't be too wedded to how we're doing things. It's, you know, it's, it's like Steve said, when you, when you hear the truth, be, be prepared to pivot because all you want to do is just do what you're doing better and i think that you know learning and enjoying learning and then working with people that are fun to work with have really just always been uh my my guy and steve you know steve's a fun dude to work with i mean i like giving him a hard time sometimes they call him thanos when we're on a zoom call you know kind of looks like thanos a little bit on the other end you know we you know we joke around a little bit uh you know one thing led to another and, and helping people which is really what Steve's about. Um, yeah, I mean, he called, spoke to Brandon first, and Brandon said, Brandon's president of the company, you know, big architect of the Black Swarm group and the Black Swarm method. He said, this guy, Steve, showed got to talk. He's just a good dude. Like, I got, I got a good, good instinct about it. And that was, you know, that was all I needed. A quality introduction from somebody I trusted to somebody I shared core values with. I mean, that's how you build your team, based on core values. Yeah. And then Steve has always been really easy to work with. Very well prepared, extremely hardworking, takes a tremendous amount of initiative on, on his own, gets stuff done. And, you know, then after we started working together, like, look, we got to put a book out. I mean, we're changing too many lives here. That's the other cool thing. You know, I've always wanted to have a positive impact on people's lives as a kidnapping negotiator. Maybe it seems a positive impact on kidnap victims and their families would be obvious, but it's just about having a positive impact on people's lives. So many real estate agents are held hostage to the old way of doing things. Mm -hmm. Fact, logic, and reason. You know, do more listing presentations. If I didn't get the listing presentation, it was my fault. I got to get better. Not true. Shocking. The favorite of the fool. And that was the other thing, Kemp. You know, I, it never even occurred to me as a uh, hostage negotiator. You know, we had to make sure that the other guys, number one, had the victim. And number two, we're going to let them out. If we came to an agreement, otherwise you're the fool in the game. It never occurred to me how common that would be in the business world and the real estate world. Like, why would anybody waste their time talking to a real estate agent they had no intention of using? None. Because to me, I'm, I'm a time is money kind of person, and time is my most valuable asset, which in point of fact is one of the truths of life. But why would people do that to agents? And we started... You know, when Steve and I started, we weren't, we were still in the process of fleshing out the idea of the favor of the fool and proof of life. And so as we continue to flesh it out together in, in the real estate industry, 
and then find out that it, it isn't even necessary to go on listing presentations to get a list. You know, they got a favorite for, for, for they even speak to you. They're, mm-hmm. Half the time, their mind is completely made up. 80% of the time, their mind is 80% of the way made, which means kind of doesn't matter what you say in, in a listing presentation, and you can get, you can close the same gap in a half hour, 45 minute conversation instead of an hour car ride and a three hour presentation and an hour car ride back and then waiting and wondering. I mean, just, just stunning as to the difference we've made in people's lives since we've been working at it. Yeah. I was thinking about like how I would sum up the book. And at one point it's actually like bolded in all caps, but it's like your primary job is to cultivate relationships, right? Like if you focus on that and we talk about that all the time, it's how we built up our business. I mean, I was a CPA. I sucked at sales and negotiate. I didn't know anything about this stuff. So it was just like, I just focused on building genuine relationships and listening to people. And after a while, it started to compound pretty quickly. But for somebody that's new, and again, kind of diving into that favorite of the full concept of like, in somebody's mind, they tend to have a clear winner. And then basically, they're going to do some due diligence and just all right, I'll call a couple other people, but I really want to work with this person, but I'm going to do a little bit of homework. If somebody's new, I guess, how could they become the favorite as they're coming up? And then two, what are some strategies to know if you're the favorite or the fool? Well, I'll take a stab at that on a couple of things. And then that I certainly um, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing from Steve. But, you know, one of the first things is you don't become the favorite the way the real estate industry teaches you the favorite. Like in the real estate industry is going to teach you to be a third. First of all, go knock on doors, knock, knock on them doors. And like everybody out there talks about, you know, the door to door, door knocking sales experience, you know, Mark Cuban talks about, mm-hmm. and everybody says, you know, you have to spend time doing it. In my view, uh, and I have tremendous amount of respect for Mark Cuban. I think the, the reason Cuban wants you doing that is so that you learn that it doesn't work, <laughs> you know, cause the, the conversion numbers there are just not a good use of your time. Like one in a hundred. At best, yeah, maybe less than that, probably less now. Yeah. So, the, yeah. The, and so then, then the other thing is, um, all right. So, get get an email. Create a farm. You know, work your farm. Start emailing people on a regular basis. What's wrong with that? Well, the best example I could tell you was when we first started working on this book, the co-writer we were working. We're telling her about, you know, how bad and little fish at real estate agents are, and she says, you know, it's interesting. I've been on the email list of a real estate agent for eight years and met this personal wall, you know, eight years ago. And in that time, I have closed three transactions <laughs> and never once used this agent. Yeah. Now this agent has still got me on their list. So this agent's probably being given guidance. Get people on your email list. Send out emails on a regular basis. Call the freaking farm. I mean, th- this person is, is a great example. Like, no, you're wasting your time. I mean, if they've been on your email list for eight years, what are the chances are they have closed multiple transactions you've been left out of that you know nothing about? But Chris, do you think that that is because people just put, because they have, I had, and I laugh a lot as the stories that you're telling right now, because when I started in real estate, I used to show up on listing appointments wearing a suit and a tie. And that's not who I am as a person, right? But I had this idea of this is the right way that you're supposed to do business, right? So I would right. show up with a suit and a tie, and I felt like a penguin. And the people <laughs> that were sitting across from me could also see that I felt like a penguin because I wasn't, I wasn't comfortable in it, right? And in Florida, mm-hmm. you're always hot and sweaty, and it just wasn't nice, right? Now I have long hair, tattoos everywhere, and I just show up as I am, and that makes my general vibration a lot more confident than it used to be. But I think a lot of people on the email listing, they have this great idea. I'm going to do this email list. And they forget the other component of it. There is communication, which is like, okay, you have me on this email list for eight years. Have you ever called me in the process? Because if I called you maybe once in those eight years, I would have found out, hey, are you still looking to buy stuff? Or like, hey, have you bought something? Oh, you bought something. I get it. What did you buy? Right? People just put systems in place and they just kind of pray or why does that not work? All right. So, uh, uh, and, and we're, we're, you know, we're running down a couple of rabbit holes here. Yes, I think sorry. we're rubbing down. Yeah. But a, a couple of comments on it. So show up as you are. No. Well, first of all, you're not doing that. The first thing you stopped doing was showing up as somebody else. 
good move. Yeah. But the dude I'm seeing on camera right now has got a pretty decent looking college shirt on. Like I can't tell exactly what it looks like. Yeah. But you still had you yourself and your professional simultaneously. Mm -hmm. So you weren't just a professional that you weren't you and you weren't uh, as you are because that's an excuse to show up in sweats, a t-shirt or straight out of the gym. Yes. You've still got a professional demeanor that you have evolved and developed into. And that's how you show up. Like, yeah, you got long hair, but you haven't got in some sort of crazy dude that where you're trying to make a point that you're different from everybody else. Mm -hmm. You know, I can look at your face and you got a beard and you got your beard is intentionally trimmed in different ways. What you did was evolve into the professional that you are. And that's where I think that everybody struggles to become. Mm -hmm. So secondly, on a list, well, you don't have to call the person to find out that you're wasting their time keeping them on the list. Like Black Swan Group has an email list and, and our previous director of marketing, we teach her that she used to wear the hockey mask from the perks. And once a year, she'd go in and she would slaughter and just dump 20% of our list out because we were keeping the metrics on whether or not anybody was using our email list in any way, shape, or form. We don't got to call and find out. But that is there. And she and it always it always hurt my heart. I'm like, oh my God. You know, and, and like, well, like we've got to know what's going on. So yeah. we're dumping people out of our list on a regular basis. So you know, that's part of the list. Now the question also is well, the original question was how do you become the favorite? And uh, I have gone on at length and I know Steve has some thoughts along these lines. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna step back. For someone who's new in the business. It's important that they recognize that in the end, real estate is a repeat and referral business. That's what it is. We do lots of audits of people's business. And at a minimum, their 50% or more of their business is repeat and referral. Many are 70%, 80%. Some are as high as 95%. And I'm talking top producing agents doing over $100 million a year in, in sales. And so... When you get into this business, it's important that you recognize, okay, I want to build a repeat referral business. Most agents come in, they have a transactional orientation. They're chasing after a deal. They're chasing after a dollar. And it's based on value, me selling my value to you, all the things I'm going to do. And the way I do that is by convincing you with fact, logic, and reason. And that is doing it the hard way. And that's, that, that's the paradigm that most agents are introduced to and most agents operate in every single day. We come from a different playing field. And that playing field, rather than transactional, is relational. It's all about cultivating and nurturing relationships. And rather than selling value, we're building trust. And rather than convincing, we build trust through the skill of tactical empathy. Again, what the book is all about. And tactical empathy is the skill and ability to make people feel understood. And that is the missing piece. That, that is what Chris introduced to the world is this missing piece. No one ever got that before. You heard Stephen Covey say, seek first to understand before being understood. He almost got it right. Not, you know, no slight against what, what he said. The real piece is making people feel understood because they, they can't hear anything you're saying until they feel understood. And so you can't make yourself into the favorite. What you can do is you can build relationship, gain trust, master tactical empathy, and the byproduct of that, you will become a favorite over time with the people in your database. It's not going to happen overnight. And so it's a, it's a very different way of approaching this business. And what it leads to is, you know, I talked about mo most real estate agents, they think more is the solution to everything. I just need to do more deals. I just need to do more deals. Mm -hmm. Well, I work with people who do more deals. In fact, I was on the phone the other night uh, a coaching client. We've been working together for four years. When she came to me, she was doing about 50 million in production. This year, she's going to do 175 million in production. You can do the math, two and a half percent, a lot of money. The other night, 
she was in absolute pain, absolute pain and panic because she's freaked out about what might happen next year. Now, she just closed $175 million. And the point I'm making is more is not the answer. I see this over and over again. What more equals is more stress and more unhappiness. How you get to more is what's important. And this is what you know, Chris and I are teaching, how to get there in a way where you can both do well and be well, where you have a much higher quality of business. Clients are choosing you, choosing you based on honesty and trust rather than you convincing them to do business with you. Because when you convince someone to do business with you, you're getting them to do something they weren't planning on doing. Now their expectation goes through the roof. And the first time something you know, goes wrong, they're all over you. And so when you do business the way we're talking about it, you have a very different client relationship. Again, answering your question, becoming the favorite is a byproduct of doing all these other things. Yeah. I'm going to throw a little tidbit in there, too, that I, that I like to add. So because one of the subtitles, that, or one of the titles that we kicked around for the book was the trusted advisor. You mm-hmm. said agent being a trusted advisor. Now, how do you become a trusted advisor right off the bat? Tell the truth. But he says, well, of course I tell the truth. Look, no, you don't. The vast majority of real estate can say, we're going to get you a house. I want to put you in a house of your dreams. There's, you know, selling, you know, the dream of this transaction as if it's going to be wonderful. What's the trusted advisor say? Trusted advisor says, you know what? There are a lot of houses out there I don't want you to buy. Mm-hmm. You know, they, I, they, a lot of houses we go out to, you could look at. I'm going to tell you right away, this is not the house for you. I'm going to tell you, do not buy this house. And I had a friend of mine in Los Angeles told me that. He said, you know, you can't trust real estate agents. They are not there acting in your business. Except my agent. My agent, that was the first thing this guy told us. Because that's telling the truth. The vast majority of the houses out there are not for people. But most agents want to get you in there, want to get you in a deal, want to close the deal as quick as they can. You know, a lot of agents say, you know, you get, sometimes you got to push people into deals. What do you think that, that does to your referral rate if your business is really made out of referrals? We think it does to your referral rate when you tell somebody, look, like most of the houses out there, you're not going to like. There's a lot of you that want to go see them and say in advance, it's not going to be the house for you. I don't want you to waste your time looking at the wrong house. That's how you build trust. Not because you're trying to push for the transaction, because you're telling the truth about the realities of the difficulties of the market. At that point in time, also, you're not giving away any of the secret sauce. We do not believe in free consulting. Do not, do not, do not believe in free consulting. Telling somebody what the pitfalls of the marketplace are is not the same as giving away free consulting. Because every other agent is not telling the pitfalls of the marketplace. They're trying to paint these rosy, rosy, lovely pictures of, you know, we're going to go out there, we're going to give you that house. Tell the truth about what's going on in the market to people and whether or not they close the transaction if you're not they're going to remember you were the agent that told the truth about what was going on that dovetails in perfectly to what i wanted to talk about next with that whole concept of like being a straight shooter and like not not dodging around because i made this mistake early on too with if you got to deliver some bad news it's like we procrastinate and then it just builds and builds and builds instead of getting out in front of it and just like an an easy example which kind of ties into what you were talking about chris from like a Airbnb co-hosting management side is you're all excited. You're closing this deal. And then you're talking to the owner about, Hey, this is what it's going to cost to furnish this property the right way. Right. And then some owners may push back of like, you know, maybe the budget's 15 grand that you're telling them of like, it needs to look like this. And they're like, no way. Like I need to do it for less than 10. Right. And a lot of people, they want the deal. So they're like, okay, fine. And they take it for 10 and then the property doesn't perform. And then they have to go back. And it was just like the analogies you were talking about with the listing prices in the book. And it's the same thing around. If you can just be a straight shooter from the beginning and be like, listen, we could do that. But then this, as a result of that, this is what your property is likely going to produce based on these comps versus if you invest in this, this is what it's going to do. And just being upfront about that stuff instead of just trying to get the deal and then having to deal with the disappointment later, you know, maybe if we dive into a little bit of that, because that's, especially for the newer folks, I feel like it's, it's nerve wracking at the beginning to have that backbone to 
to articulate that and to push back if you know that you're just trying to be honest and give good advice, even when they don't want to hear it. I'd like to jump in on that, if you don't mind, Chris. Go for it, brother. You know, everyone, wa hey, everyone wants to be a straight shooter, and everyone loves a straight shooter. What Chris introduced was the way to actually do that. Mm -hmm. And the way you do that is by getting in front of things, getting in front of things. Every agent out there, they don't want to bring up a problem because they think they have to have the solution in hand in order to bring up the problem. And the problem is they don't have the solution. And so they stick it in the drawer and hope and pray everything will go away. And then by the time it comes out, it, it's, you know, biased the whole experience. There's a phrase that Chris came up with. It is just an absolute game changer. And that is, I've got some really bad news. That one line gives you the ability in any situation to deliver the worst news possible in a way that they can actually hear it and process it. And so when we first introduced this concept, you know, I've got some really bad news. You're not going to want to hear this. You're going to think I'm the worst real estate agent on planet Earth. People are like, I could never say that. I could never do that. And that thing turned out to be just such a, a difference maker. Because what you want to do is when you say, I've got some really bad news, they go to debt. That's where they go to <laughs> their mind. They're imagining the worst possible thing in the world. Yeah. So by the, when you tell them what's going on, it's, it's almost a relief. And, and, and now they can, they can process it. And this whole idea of getting in front of stuff, getting in front of stuff, you know, you're probably thinking, you're probably feeling, labeling what they're thinking and feeling. You're not going to want to hear this. You know, this is going to seem incredibly disappointing. One of the great lines, one of the great lines, this is going to break your heart. And from there, you can say anything you want. <laughs> but th this language doesn't seem like a lot. It's everything. Chris, your, your point of view on that? Yeah, thousand percent. You know, and if if you take a look at, you know, and I'm, I'm sort of a closet armchair neuroscientist. If you take a look at neuroscience at all, if people are incredibly resilient if you let them brace themselves. Like, and the emotional pain centers in the brain are pretty much the same location as the physical pain center. And there's more than one study out there that says, you sit in a doctor's chair and the doctor says to you, everything's going to be wonderful. This isn't going to hurt at all. And he stabs you in the shoulder with a shot that catches you off guard. And you're angry with the doctor because he caught you off guard and he lied to you about how things are going to be. You sit mm -hmm. down in the same chair and the doctor says to you, this is going to hurt. And he hits you with that shot. You go like, that wasn't that bad. Like people are incredibly resilient. You could give them a chance to brace themselves. But being a straight shooter is not just somebody that tells the truth. Being a straight shooter is somebody that tells the truth in a most intelligent way. There's a difference between being bluntly honest and being a straight shooter. Mm -hmm. And the lines and you know the dialogue, uh, the scripting that Steve came up with just a moment ago, that's how you do it. You give somebody a, a good, solid warning that something bad's coming, and then they're completely braced for what it does. And human beings being what they are, they're always going to imagine worse than what it is. Now, is that cruel? Well, it would be cruel if you left them there and you didn't shortly take them into something that was a relief. Mm -hmm. But people get this whole first impression, last impression thing mixed up, and they get so caught up that first impression's got to be really nice. They don't understand how devastating last impressions are. Yeah. And so you prep someone so that the last impression is actually not as unpleasant as it could have been the person you delivered the bad news to is relieved and then loves you because you're a straight shooter. Yeah. I actually I actually saw you on on another podcast talking about that that last impression, right? And it really was a big aha moment for me and I taught it to my whole team as well was whenever you write an email where there is bad news, you always my natural instinct, I think that you say with most people is you go good news first 
or good things first, like, hey, your house is beautiful. It's great. Yada, yada, yada. Bad news. And then you end there. And you said, good news, maybe at the beginning, you don't even have to put it there, but always end on a good note. Because that's the last thing that they read. That's the last thing they're going to remember. And I read that. I'm like, that's brilliant. Because I'm like, let's, let's try to do that. So now every time we have to give owners bad news or news that in my mind could potentially lead us to a bad news situation, we always go, okay, news at the beginning, bad news in the middle, good news at the bottom. And so that way, psychologically, that's the last thing that they remember. And it was just such a little thing for you to do as a real estate agent, as a business person, as a manager that you're like, you wouldn't think of. And we have always been taught, just give good news first and bad news after. But it's funny how mentally the human brain is so prone to just negative feelings that you give them the positive at the bottom or at the end. And that's really what their first impression is rather than their last first impression of your whole interaction with them. Yeah, the lasting impression. The lasting impression. Yes. I love that. That was so powerful for our business. Thanks. You know, related to this is the idea that real estate agents, they're always trying to make the other person feel good. The problem with feel, making someone feel good, what you actually have to do is take their stress and put it on you. What's way more powerful than making them feel good is making them feel understood. And as Chris will tell you, there's an actual physical chemical release in the body, oxytocin, which creates a bonding between you and the other person. It also promotes truth-telling and serotonin, which makes people feel satisfied and less demanding. You know, this is actually happening physically when you make someone feel understood. So rather than trying to make people feel good, which ends up making you feel worse because now you're taking on something that you can't do anything about, you can make someone feel understood. It changes the whole dynamic. And it allows them the ability to process what's going on. And it's up to them. One of the chapters in the book, put responsibility where it belongs. Agents are always making the mistake of taking responsibility for things when they can't make a decision. Mm -hmm. When the buyer or the seller is the only one who can decide, we need to keep the responsibility on them. We need to give them the ability to hear what's going on. As Chris mentioned, a straight shooter is not telling the truth like hitting them in, uh, in the face with a brick. That doesn't work. It's being able to deliver it in a way that they can hear it, process it, and then we use other tools in the tactical empathy toolbox, calibrated questions, how and what questions to guide them to where they need to go with them thinking it's their idea. This is skill. That's mm -hmm. real skill. The first thing that I thought of when I read Never Split the Difference, and then again when I was reading the new book, was like it brought me back to that movie Inception, right, with Leonardo DiCaprio, right? Because again, if you're trying to force a decision on them as opposed to guide them to make that decision themselves, it just lands and then they're just way more receptive to it, right? And it's just like this ninja judo move like subconsciously that just lands so much better and it makes transactions so much more seamless and that's what all these techniques allow you to do and it's not manipulation and i know i like that word it was what was it bending like reality bending bending reality yeah because it's like obviously you want to guide them in the right direction but there's a right way and a wrong way to do that what i wanted to transition into kind of towards the end here and again it kind of comes back to that mental judo was that getting to know instead of getting to yes. I know we alluded to it earlier, but there were so many good examples of like contextual examples of how to frame those questions. And when I was reading, I was like, this just makes so much more sense. And I know it was in the first one too, but like seeing it contextually from a real estate standpoint, I was like, dude, if you just implemented this alone, your whole transactions are going to go so much smoother because it just takes their guard down. Right. Would you be opposed? Would it be impossible? Would it be a bad idea? Would it be too much to ask? You know, is it, you know, the, the, the classic that, you know, Chris points out, you know, is now a good time to talk versus is now a bad time to talk. If you want to try just in a, a simple way to try this out, just do that. Is now a good time to talk versus is now a bad time to talk. 
you get a much more favorable response to is now a bad time to talk. As Chris will tell you, no makes people feel safe and protected. One of the things, the, the, the seven essential truths of, of, of the human condition is people will die for their autonomy. People want to say no. So you give them the opportunity to say no in a way that serves you. Again, this is skill. Imagine if your mom had never split the difference, she might have got you to play piano instead of <laughs> playing. <laughs> that's, that's what she wanted. She's like, I want you not to be safer. Not absolutely. We're talking probably. <laughs> <laughs> but what if we had a higher chance? And it's, and it's such a like unique way of like approaching business. So Steve, for you, right, once you started, because you had a book of business and a way of doing business before, when you coach your people into like this new way, what do you set as expectation of like, how long is this going to feel awkward before it feels graceful? Or like, how do you become better, faster at it? So th this goes back to my sports training. It's all about repetition. And what we found is this will happen way quicker than you think, way quicker than you think. You can rewire your brain fairly quickly. It's that first step. It's that first hurdle. And in the beginning, when we, were, when we were putting this out now, Chris had done it in his world. It had never been done in the real estate world. And, and the, the common response was, I could never say that. I could never do that. However, we had a couple clients that like it resonated with them. They got it right away and they started experimenting with it. And it was rough in the beginning. You know, when, when, when you're not, when you're going to not go out when someone calls you up and says, we're thinking about selling our home, we'd like you to come out and make a presentation. And you say, no, you know, and you want, you're, you're going to have a call up front to determine whether you're the favorite of the fool. And when you're going out, this is radical, radical stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and when you have nothing other than faith to operate on, you know, it, it was a little rocky at the beginning. Now we have so much evidence, so much evidence, like it's black and white. This is, this is a great example. A newer client went on 150 listing appointments last year, which is phenomenal, right? Every agent would go, oh my gosh, that's the, they got 75 listings and they didn't get 75 listings. Now, if you look at that for a second, that makes no sense at all. How do I give the same presentation 150 times to the same type of people and 75 people say yes, and 75 say no, it can't be about your presentation. It can't. And what I said to him is, look, next year, we could skip 90% of the 75 appointments that you didn't go on. We could, we could eliminate those right off the bat. And then of the, one, the other ones where you were the favorite, that's why you got it, we could take the two-hour prep time, the drive time, the two-hour presentation, the drive back, the day or two waiting to find out what happened, we could turn all of that into 15 minutes and you'd get the same amount of listings or more. Imagine what happens to that agent's quality of life. Now, it's hard when you're at that level of success to say, all right, I'm going to let go of all that and, and do this. That's what we're asking people to do. That's why you need a coach. Because you need someone to hold you accountable to doing it. And however, that's what's being done now. That, that, that's how we are changing people's lives. And let me just jump in real quick, too, because I'm, and I didn't get this when first, Steve first told me the story until, until he added this in. Why does the 50% win rate mean it has nothing to do with your presentation? Because if your presentation was good and that was a key issue, your win rate would be about 80% at least. If your presentation stunk and your presentation was the issue, then your win rate would be down 20%, 10%, 15%. below. It'd never be 50-50. 50-50 tells you that this is you know, nothing to do with your presentation. There are other dynamics that are going on. Mm, that's a good point. I'm glad you clarified that to connect those dots. And, uh, and what we're doing now, sorry to interrupt, now we're having people really test the concept, like really test it. Another client, he went on 28 listing appointments this year. 22 times he felt he was the favorite. Six times he wasn't sure. So he went on a total of 28 appointments. The 22 times when he felt he was the favorite, he got the listing. 
and he got a 6%. The six times when he wasn't sure, guess what? He didn't get any of those. Hmm. And so what we learned by that is if I'm not sure, I'm what? I'm probably the fool. And now I'm going to go test that. Mm -hmm. I have nothing to lose. I'm going to test it. And the way you would do that, you know, at, at the risk of being presumptuous, would I be wrong to assume that we're going to be working together? Or would I be wrong to assume you're probably leaning in another direction? The response you get to either one of those is going to be immediate. And it'll immediately tell you whether you're the favorite or the fool. And so now we're, we're really pushing the envelope. We're really encouraging people to get bold. And again, the, the, the time savings is, you know, invaluable and the quality of the relationship with your clients changes dramatically. hundred percent. I've, I've got a serious question for you guys. So I've been, I've been working on using this on my spouse for a while and for you guys now that you're like the experts on it, does this actually work at home? So for quick context, the other day I got a speaking gig in Puerto Rico in February. And so I knew my wife was going to be like, no, we got some stuff going on. But I was like, would it be impossible for me to do a speaking gig in Puerto Rico for like three days? And her immediate response was going to say no, but then she actually heard the way that I framed the question and she had to think about it for a second. So I'm curious for you guys. Do you even realize that like, it's just part of like your repertoire now love, like, you know, whether it's what restaurants you're going to go to on date night or what concerts, your dead or whatever, skills. travel, yeah. you want to hear, hear, you want to hear okay. a really funny story? Yeah. One of my clients who's bought into it, embraced it. He's putting his kid to bed the other night, five-year-old kid, very precocious kid. And he, he, the kid never wants to go to sleep. And, and, you know, his dad's trying to get him to bed and the kid goes, dad, would it be impossible if you would read me another bedtime story? No, no. Oh, I love it. I love and it. The, kid, the kid's picking up on it. A young Jedi in training. Look at him. Oh, no, but it's funny because between this book and the previous book, Mike and I were talking like any, since I, I read that book, all the cars that I bought since I read, never split the difference. I'm always like. They tell me the price for anything, hotel rooms. I'm always like, how am I gonna do that? Like how, <laughs> how, how and it's and it's so funny, but it becomes second nature, right? And I think Tim Ferris has a bit where he talks about this too. It's just like it's now become a game for me to go into places where I normally don't get discounts and ask for one. It's like, hey, are you guys running any specials? You're a Dunkin' Donuts. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Are you guys running any specials? He's like, you want a free donut? I'm like, yeah, I'll take it. You, know? you never know, right? But we want to be respectful of your time. Once again, super grateful that you guys came on. Love what you guys are doing. I think there is more of this needed for agents. I think agents have been living this like old reality of life where they feel like kind of like second class citizens at times, right? They go through this thing of being like, oh, I need to take all this shit from people because I need, I need the money and it's not necessary. And thanks to you guys, I think they'll learn new ways. And again, our community is not so much agents, but there is also agents. But guys, whatever it is that you're doing, if you're a property manager going for an appointment, what you learn from these two guys can definitely help with that. This stuff, literally three days ago, we just got another 200 grand off of our next commercial deal by literally nice. using these transactions like a week before closing, just another 200K. So like, it applies whether you're buying stuff, whether you're managing, whether you're trying to get listings, like it's just human psychology really. And just understanding not splitting stuff down the middle because nobody's happy with that. And that was like the biggest aha moment. Cause that was everybody, always everybody's default. But it's like, if you can really practice these things and make it feel like a win-win for everybody by understanding them, like it just makes sense and it just freaking works. So again, go grab the new book, the full fee agent. If you haven't read it, go grab it. Grab never split the difference. You might as well get them both if you don't have them. Both phenomenal reads. And guys, where can folks learn more about you and what you guys have going on besides the book as well? Because I know you both have some amazing stuff that you're working on. So, Chris, you go first. Well, the simplest way to keep over to Black Swan Group is to subscribe to our newsletter. You go to our website, blackswanltd.com, and it should pop right up. Uh, if you don't see the newsletter, click the newsletter tab. Should be, uh, it's up at the top of the website, blackswanltd.com. 
the newsletter is complimentary, but the, it's not valuable because it's complimentary. It's valuable because it's concise and actionable. Mm-hmm. And you need concise, actionable stuff. You sign up, you get emailed to you on Tuesday morning, early in the morning, 7.30, 8 o'clock, whatever time zone you're in. And you get concise, actionable stuff, which also includes, we got a training coming up. If we got new negotiation products out there, I can tell you that it is our goal to hold an amazing real estate conference next year. And if you're in real estate, you're going to want to come to this conference. So you subscribe to the newsletter, you're going to be able to keep up on that and all the real estate stuff, everything that we're doing. We're going to put out a lot of stuff out there so you're not only more prosperous, but you enjoy it, Prosper. Love it. I love that. How about you, Steve? I'll just, just what Chris said. And then, you know, before we get offline, I just want to say thank you to Chris, uh, you know, introducing me to this work. It's really making a difference. It was such a great privilege to work with Chris on writing the book. I would encourage anyone out there to read it. It's, it's very readable, very digestible, and it's filled with practical things that you can start doing right now, right now. And it, it, it will make a difference. It will make a difference. And back to your question, it applies in every part of your life. This is not professional. This is not personal. This is human interactions, human communication. Love yeah. it. So the last question that we ask all of our guests is, I'm going to put a little different spin on this. What is your number one secret to success in business? We'll start with Steve first, and then we'll go to Chris. The thing that I tell people every day is you've got to figure out how to enjoy today, no matter what's happening. Because mm. if you can't enjoy today, then you've wasted today and you're not getting today back. And so that is the most important. Whatever's going on and life just happens. We have no control of what's happening and it keeps happening. We've got to figure out how to enjoy today. That's mine secret to success love that how about you chris well that's that's like drop the mic i don't know i can say anything it's gonna be that good i mean i i I feel like quitting right here i'm not gonna lie that was probably like in the top three of of the of the show we've had we've had 132 shows so no i know you're good under pressure so maybe maybe you'll do better you know you know never never stop learning Mm. and if you never stop learning you're always going to get better and then particularly dovetail that into what Steve said, never stop learning about how to integrate what you do for a living and enjoy today. And if you apply that into Steve's advice, never stop learning on how to enjoy today. You'll be all right. Love that. Love that. Well, thank you guys so much for being on here. I truly appreciate both of you guys and the work that you're doing. And uh, for the listeners out there, you're probably going to want to watch this one a few times and take a bunch of notes. And again, make sure you go grab the new book, The Full Fee Agent. I've got, I don't even know how many tabs already in this thing. Uh, Phenomenal read, so many actionable items. So go grab the book and we will see you guys next week. Take care, everybody. Hey, STR Nation, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. And in the comments, let us know what topics you want us to cover on upcoming episodes. And we'll make sure to get that in the books for you. And if you really want to learn how to launch, automate, and scale your short-term rental business, if you want to go deeper, then check out our free masterclass at strsecrets.com.